welcome to the 18th episode of Catch Up on Kids Mental Health. I'm Janet Morrison. In this episode, I'm going to talk about the relationship between poverty, mental illness, and physical illness. We've now been exposed to COVID for two years, and it's become abundantly clear that the poor contracted and died from COVID way more frequently than others, that they were further disadvantaged by the pandemic, that they experienced more stress and more mental illness. In general, it has been shown again and again that if you're poor, you're more likely to be sick and suffer from mental illness. And if you're mentally ill, you're more likely to be poor and sick. I'm going to try to explain how these variables interact. First, a few background facts. One in five Ontarians, one in five, experiences mental illness over the course of their lifetime. As of 2015, 4.8 million Canadians lived in low-income households, and 1.2 million of those were children. Our oldest residents, that is Indigenous children, and our newest residents, that is immigrants, are way overrepresented among the poor. The Canadian Pediatric Society has repeatedly expressed concerns about child poverty and its negative effects on children's health and their well-being. Poor children tend to do less well academically, less well socially, and later occupationally which perpetuates inequalities in income and health. Children and adolescents raised in poverty are two to three times more likely to develop mental health problems. COVID has dramatically exposed the inequalities in our country, and we have seen the hugely increased vulnerability of those who are economically deprived. Poor people live in overcrowded conditions, with poor ventilation, less access to outdoor spaces, they work in jobs which do not allow them to work from home. They have less financial security, which increases their stress and weakens their immune systems. Poor diet increases the risk of cardiovascular disease, obesity, and diabetes, all of which contribute to worse outcomes when exposed to COVID. Families who live in poorer neighborhoods with fewer green spaces and more crime were much less likely to play and exercise and spend time outdoors over the course of the pandemic, which meant they were more isolated, more stressed, and less physically and emotionally resilient. Young mothers were very negatively affected by the pandemic because they had no childcare, because they were forced to leave work, they lost family and social supports, and had a huge increase in anxiety, depression, and parenting stress. Isolation plus economic insecurity plus stress has resulted in more child maltreatment and more domestic violence, which will have really serious long-term consequences for children, none of them good. Living in poverty increases risk factors for health and mental health problems related to inadequate housing, poor access to healthcare and childcare, eating poor quality food, living in neighborhoods with gangs and violence, 
and in communities with polluted air and water. Poverty creates emotional as well as financial stress, which leads to more mental illness, and mental illness increases the likelihood of being poor. People with serious mental illness face horrible stigma and discrimination, and that just adds to their challenges in getting an education, a job, and housing. And of course, not having a job and being homeless increases the likelihood of getting a mental disorder. Work provides money, but it also provides a sense of self-worth and, and purpose. And not working makes people feel horrible, helpless, and useless. Depression and anxiety are much worse when people lose their jobs. People with chronic and serious health conditions such as heart disease, arthritis, diabetes, cancer, and asthma, are at high risk for mood disorders. And people with mental illness have a significant risk of developing a chronic physical condition. They, they seem to go together. Mental illness causes changes in hormonal balances and sleep cycles, which create enormous stress on the body. And also, the medications used to treat mental illnesses have side effects, which include irregular heart rhythms, weight gain, and insomnia. People with mental illness have a hard time accessing health care because they don't have transportation for medical appointments. Sometimes they don't even have an OHIP card because they don't have a permanent address. And, of course, they are often intimidated by the health care system. They fear being treated poorly by healthcare professionals, and they're not being paranoid. They are often treated very badly when they show up in emergency rooms. As a society, we aren't very nice to either the poor or those with mental illness. Those who are poor are subjected to social, cultural, and interpersonal discrimination on a very regular basis and they experience elevated levels of physical and psychological stress as a result. Poverty is not simply a lack of financial resources. There is enormous stigma and discrimination associated with being poor. Traits such as irresponsible, lazy, stupid, dirty, and immoral are attributed much more to the poor than to other members of society. It's as though we think they chose to be poor. Poverty significantly affects people's dignity and self-esteem because it affects their ability to care for their families and to participate in their communities. Almost daily, they face insulting and intrusive questions about the source of their income or ability to pay, stereotyping about being an unreliable tenant because they receive social assistance, or have a mental health diagnosis. Poor and homeless people often can't make appointments because they don't have a phone or transportation. What services are available, they often can't access, which leads to isolation, continuing poverty, and ongoing mental and physical stress. And around and around it goes. Included among the poor, are mothers with addiction problems, which are mental health problems. 
And these mothers are usually isolated and harshly criticized. As many as 65% of children raised by mothers struggling with addictions receive a diagnosis of a mental disorder by the time they reach adolescence. Because they fear having their children taken away, addicted mothers rarely seek help and they need a lot of help for themselves in order to parent their infants. Members of the LGBTQ community are much more likely to be poor and to have poor mental and physical illness. Research consistently identifies early teasing and bullying and later workplace discrimination as the cause of those difficulties. Transgender people are particularly vulnerable to bullying and abuse and later poverty and mental health problems. A 2015 study in the U.S. found that children from low-income families were much more likely to be depressed in young adulthood than children from families with higher incomes. And the conclusion was that the poor not only experience economic hardship, but experience feelings of worthlessness and helplessness, which are, of course, associated with depression. As well, parents who are preoccupied and stressed by the challenges of poverty may not be able to pay attention to their children's social and emotional needs. They are frequently on the move, and life is moment to moment, crisis to crisis, haphazard and very hard. And if that's not enough, children who move around a lot have fewer opportunities to make friends, engage in extracurricular activities, and and develop skills. So what needs to happen? What, what can we do? More and better childcare is a no-brainer, but it's still in the works in 2022. The research is overwhelming that disadvantaged children who have high-quality daycare and high-quality preschool programs fare much better in school. And everybody knows that the best way and the only way out of poverty is education. Supporting young mothers and providing better mental health services for children and their families in the schools, community centers, and homeless shelters is another no-brainer. We need way more outreach services for the poor, the homeless, and the mentally ill, including those with addictions. We need to go to them with services and programs tailored to their needs. That's it for this episode. Thanks for listening. Please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Janet Morrison.